When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome to the Library Science Channel on the New Books Network. My name is Jen Hoyer, and today I'm joined by Micah Kennedy-Stevens, author of Integrated Library Planning, A New Model for Strategic and Dynamic Planning, Management, and Assessment, published by the Association of College and Research Libraries in 2023. Many library project plans from small projects to institution-wide strategic planning committees follow a linear trajectory. Create the plan, do the plan, review the outcome. While this can be effective, it's also it also sometimes leads to disregarding new information that emerges while executing the plan, making the outcome less effective. Integrated library planning offers a different kind of approach to planning that is both strategic and dynamic. It's fueled by open communication, honest assessment, and astute observation, and it shatters notions of planning that only serve administrators. Micah Kennedy-Stevens is seminary librarian and associate professor of theological bibliography at Lancaster Theological Seminary in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Micah, welcome to New Books Network. Thanks so much, Jen. Before we get started talking about your book, could you share a little with listeners about your background, where you grew up and went to school, and what brought you to your work in libraries? Sure. So I grew up in Northeast Texas, and um, I guess, yeah, I've been in libraries. My mother was a teacher, uh, so she encouraged me to always be in the library, and uh, it was a place I went often while she was doing her own work. Um, I actually started working in libraries as a volunteer at the Mesquite Public Library when I was in high school. And so when I went to college at Southern Methodist University, I um, continued working in the library um, at Bridwell Library there. Um, and that was it, it was a home. It just felt comfortable. It was a place I enjoyed being. It was work that I enjoyed doing. So um, I continued working in libraries when I, while I was pursuing my Master of Divinity degree at Emory University, and uh, upon graduation, uh, became a cataloger at Pitt's Theology Library. 
So um, yeah, along the way, I, I really hadn't expected librarianship to become my career and vocation, uh, but I, I discovered that it was a home uh, that I didn't want to leave. And so I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really neat to see that kind of like trajectory in retrospect of makes sense, even if it wasn't planned. Mm -hmm. um, so turning to your recent book, Integrated Library Planning, could you share what some of your goals were for this book and uh, how you would define integrated library planning? So uh, integrated library planning is a flexible and adaptable model for strategic planning and library management. Uh, it functions as a framework in a way that a planner can use to organize and connect various different planning tools and strategies for carrying out library operations and um, doing that in a way that remains informed by the needs of the library stakeholders and also attuned to future developments. Uh, integrated library planning has given me a way to ground myself as a library director um, in an environment that really seems to be shifting constantly around me. Um, I've been library director here at Lancaster Theological Seminary for nine years and have experienced a tremendous amount of change and shifting uh, institutionally, as well as, you know, in the broader environment in which our library exists. So, um, you know, I feel like it's a grounding, this grounding in this planning process has helped me feel as though I can be effective as a leader and as a library director. And it also gives me a way in which I can innovate um, that's responsive and not reactive. Um, that whole notion of being responsive and not reactive is, is something that is um, kind of core to my personality and my um, the way in which I like to be in the world. I think reaction um, is oftentimes not very helpful, um, but pausing for a moment and, and reflecting and figuring out how to respond can be far more effective and more efficient um, for yourself, for the organization that you lead, um, and for the people that you're trying to serve. So uh, my primary goal in writing the book was to share what I've learned with others uh, in developing this process um, so that hopefully they may be able to implement some of these practices in their libraries and um, hopefully also fuel more innovation and imagination in librarianship. Yeah, that, that goal of like creating space for imagination is is exciting and not something that all of our um uh, i guess traditional like workplace logics <laughs> facilitate very well oh. yeah so then in the first chapter of this book you lay the stage for integrated library planning uh it, how do you see this planning approach as a response to the challenges libraries are facing today? And 
what kinds of opportunities does it then create for libraries? So uh, over the years, I have observed and participated in a lot of different kinds of strategic planning processes um, in libraries, outside of libraries, and all kinds of contexts. Um, most of those strategic, well, I think all of those strategic planning processes have been that traditional fixed length strategic plan, you know, three-year plan, a five-year plan, um, you know, in some cases, um, I think when I was at Southern Methodist University as an undergrad, they were working off of a 20 or a 25-year, um, you know, big vision plan. Um, in, the, in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, um, you know, especially now, I really see that fixed-link strategic planning, it's just a model that doesn't work. Um, it doesn't work for what we're experiencing now and the ways in which we are um, needing to live and work. Um, we just, you know, I, I was finishing this manuscript um, as we were kind of still in various states of shutdowns and um, reopening and then shutting down and reopening. Um, and so it was very clear that you couldn't rely, I mean, you could barely plan the next week, much less two or three years ahead. Um, now that we've kind of come out of it a little bit more. We're not wearing masks all the time. We're able to travel freely. Um, we're not testing ourselves <laughs> at every turn. Um, you know, it seems like, okay, maybe we can plan a little bit more in the future than we did, you know, than we felt like we could a few years ago, but there's, there's always going to be something right? Um, you know, we don't know when the next pandemic might happen or when the next pandemic-like thing might happen. Um, artificial intelligence has exploded just in the last um, few months. And so we're all kind of sitting around, you know, figuring out or trying to figure out what does this mean for us? Um, and how are we going to equip our patrons and equip our coworkers to um, understand how to use this as a tool? Um, so these are just examples of things that that we're that we're experiencing that are a part of life now that we didn't necessarily predict, we didn't necessarily anticipate. And yet it impacts every, everything that we do and it impacts the ways in which we plan. And so libraries being at this nexus between you know, our communities and technology and the way in which information is accessed and used, um, you know, really seem to be... Um, kind of on a fault line, right, where we're, where we're really feeling the impacts of all of these changes, um, you know, perhaps in a way that other industries aren't feeling it quite as strongly. And so um, I think that that really speaks to the need for libraries to have planning processes that are both strategic and 
dynamic. So integrated library planning gives space for this, uh, for reflecting on information behavior, for example. Um, there's a monthly review cycle um, that gives space for kind of taking stock and looking around at, at what's going on and incorporating that into the longer range plan. Um, you know, it has a rolling planning horizon, so there's not a fixed length. You're always looking ahead the same number of months. Um, so this cyclical and rolling nature of the plan keeps it moving forward, and it creates an environment that allows library leaders to respond to emerging trends and new developments in ways that are efficient, as well as effectively timed to make a difference. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I think your, your point also about the rate of change and the unpredictability of things really stands out to me because I, it's hard for us to maybe speak on this with, you know, only having our experience of living here and now, but it really feels like the times in which traditional planning models were created did not experience the same rate of major changes. I don't, I, I don't know if we can know that that's a fair assessment, but it really feels that way from where we sit today. Um, so then in chapter two, you've provided some guidance on how a library might prepare for an integrated library planning process. I really liked your statement here that a library needs to be receptive if it's gonna engage in this work. Um, and you also use the language of readiness, which I find so helpful because it translates for me to like readiness for learning. Um, and, and I like the idea of readiness for doing. So what kind of energy, culture, resources, and readiness are required to embark in integrated library planning? So um, I, I think relationships are really important. Um, getting buy-in from staff and administrators is key. Um, and another key component of an integrated library plan is communication. Um, so establishing healthy communication practices in advance or you know, even as part of the early stages of the planning process is, is really important. I have learned that you know, teams, every institution is, is different and unique, but I think we all kind of experience the same or similar challenges, right? Our teams are made up of individuals and all of these individuals have different personalities. And some are gonna be more receptive to an integrated library planning process than others. Uh, so as a, as a library director, as, as a leader, um, I think it's really important to attend to anxiety levels, attend to negativity that comes up from library staff members who might resist change. Um, I, I think it's important to, to look at planning and planning processes in a trauma-informed way um, because as a woman, I have been in situations uh, 
and in conversations where my voice has been marginalized, uh, where I have not felt respected in a planning process. And so being aware that others in your organization have had experiences with planning um, and being aware that some of those experiences may have been also been traumatic, that where they have felt marginalized or pushed to the edge or disrespected or um, dismissed. Um, it's, it's really important to approach planning with that awareness so that you can have space, give space um, to everyone in your team, give them a voice. Uh, give them a chance to tell you what they're hoping for. Listen to it. Um, and then respond uh, genuinely and authentically. Uh, and that can be, you know, as simple as offering assurance that this integrated library planning process can be different. It can be different from what you've experienced before. Um, it can be a place where everyone's thoughts and ideas are heard, where we work together to create this vision of what we want our library to be and how we want our library to operate. Um, transparency in the process is really helpful. Um, I have found that transparency is, is essential in developing strong relationships with the people that you work with because they've got to be able to trust you and they can't trust you if you're hiding things or if you're not fully open and upfront about what's going on. So, um, you know, being transparent about the process and also the purpose behind it, uh, making sure that everybody understands what it is we're trying to achieve with this, um, you know, being united in that vision of, you know, what you want your library to be, how you want it to function, how you want it to uh, be situated in the community, how you want it to serve your patrons. Um, that sense of purpose that you can share among everyone on the team is 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 really helpful in you know kind of being ready um, to do this kind of process. Uh, yeah, I found that folks generally want to be engaged. They want to feel useful, and they also want to know that the energy they're putting into a process is valued. Yeah, folks don't want to waste their time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And that level of like care and intention in a planning process is really compelling to me. I'm curious, and I know it might be hard to think of specific examples, but I'm curious if there were any like really specific things that worked for you and your um, colleagues in establishing really solid communication that's transparent and kind of uh, attends to this anxiety that a lot of us have around planning. I don't know if you have examples. So one of the things that I do talk about this in the book, um, one of the tools that I used in kind of setting up the planning process was appreciative inquiry. 
And, um, you know, so coming up with a core, you know, a positive core question, um, which was, uh, I think for us, it was something along the lines of, you know, what do you, what do you hope for um, when you come to the library? You know, what are you, what are you, and, you know, it, we, we invited various groups, we held several different events, invited various groups of people, um, students, alumni, faculty, staff, administrators to come and participate in these kind of circle conversations where I would invite people to, you know, share a meaningful experience that they'd had in the library, um, you know, what, what was particularly um, meaningful about it and how could we do that how could what could we do in the library that would make that thing even better and so I had um, I had a staff member who assisted me through those conversations um, you know so we were both listening and we were both taking notes and you know, even to be able to hear from her, um, you know, not just, you know, facilitating the conversation and to hear, you know, to be able to talk about and reflect on what people were saying, but to also be able to hear from her, her own feedback about me and about how I was asking the questions and how I was responding to and interacting with the people based on their responses. Um, that was really, I think, a kind of a key component of figuring out how we were going to do this thing together um, and what it meant to really be open to the feedback from our stakeholders. Uh, so does that? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's really neat to hear. I mean, it also just sounds like um, a really impressive level of like trust and openness um, that, yeah, absolutely makes a difference. Yeah, integrated library planning will not work if you already know what you want your outcome to be. Mm, that's a really amazing point. You have to be willing to give up what you think it should be. So that you, because until you give that up, you, you can't be open to the true possibilities that are there. Um, so, I mean, that doesn't mean, however, that you can, that you have to completely, um, you know, give up all your ideas. You know, they're, you know, your own ideas as the planner, as the director, as the leader, they have a place but you have to be willing to admit or to say that, you know, your ideas are not, may not be the best ideas, or it may not be the right idea for this community, or maybe there's a way in which you can take your idea into this process, but let it be informed and shaped by what you're learning um, from what's around you, you know, from your different from the, you know, intimate environment, the 
internal environment, the external environment of the library, the information behaviors that you're that you're observing. Let it be shaped by, I mean, I know it's hard to say this, let it be shaped by your financial constraints. And and see what see what the rest of the library staff think of it. What feedback are you getting from your colleagues? And, you know, then it can kind of blossom into this innovation that is appropriately sized and shaped for your library and not something that you're trying to impose on it um, or make it fit because it's your little pet project that you really want it to work. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really amazing reminder. Um, I guess moving to thinking more about some of the specifics of the process, you get into the four main stages of integrated library planning in chapters three through six. And I don't think we should get into the details of all of that. I think that people should read the book if they want to see the specifics. But I would love if you could highlight some of the parts of the process that you see as being really different from typical strategic planning in libraries. Like what sets it apart? So I do agree. Um, it The book gets very um, technical and detailed. And um, I tried to write it in a way that was not so, um, I don't know, not so. It didn't feel too prescriptive. Prescri- yeah. Thank you. Prescriptive yeah. is the right word. Um, so, um, so I, I, yeah, I don't want to take time in this interview to go into a lot of those details. Um, that is what the book is for. Um, and to be, and I do mention this in the book, to be honest, it, it really does start off a lot like a standard strategic plan. Um, you know, you start off with the, the basics of collecting the background information, crafting mission and vision statements, you know, getting, you know, develop, you know, getting all your stakeholder input, coming up with some, you know, goals and outcomes and your action plans. I mean, that's, that pretty much is how you start a strategic plan. Where it shifts into something different is how you actually carry the plan out. Um, So one of the things that, um, and I might get critiqued for this, um, but one of the things that I think is really important about integrated library planning is that it's not just a home for the library's strategic initiatives, but it can also be used to track day-to-day library operations where you're kind of holding your strategic initiatives in balance with that day-to-day operation. Um, I have found that that approach is particularly helpful in, in a smaller library because we've got limited resources and we're constantly having to balance our essential operation needs with being strategic and innovative and doing the new thing, trying to trying to think ahead and build the library of the future instead of just reacting to whatever happens. So, um, but I, I mean, I, I do acknowledge that that might be a place where folks might say, but how can you be strategic if you're still doing your library operation? Well, I really, I, 
feel like that happens in that monthly review cycle. So once you launch your integrated library plan and you've got it moving forward on a rolling planning horizon, you're using a, a monthly review cycle. And that cycle is, is what gives you the structure to incorporate your assessment and your evaluation, you know, looking at your action plans, looking at your strategic outcomes, tracking your progress. It also gives you a space to do your financial reconciliation. Where's your budget? Um, you know, how, how is your spending? What kind of financial uh, resources do you have? What kind of fundraising opportunities exist? Um, you know, are there any grants that you might need to look for to help fund any type of, um, you know, innovative strategic project? And then it also gives you space to reflect on observed information behavior. So um, this is this is a piece that I introduced into um, the planning that I feel like is is really important. Um, I think we don't in the in the day to day work of libraries. I don't think we give enough attention to information behavior. Um, information behavior is something that we tend to research um, and, you know, look at when we have the time to do the research or, um, you know, when we've, when we've got a question, you know, we, we particularly want to look at how patrons are using a particular resource or how are patrons um, answering questions about, um, healthcare needs, you know, things like that, and which, you know, might fuel a research project on information behavior. But um, I really do feel like there's space in space for us as librarians to reflect on what we're observing from our patrons. And we don't necessarily have to adopt strict research protocol to observe information behavior. We can, if we're attuned to what's going on with our patrons, we can make note of things. And if we reflect on that regularly in a monthly review cycle, we can then start to notice patterns that then might propel us to do a more formal um, research type um, analysis of a particular behavior um, or a particular uh, set of habits that we're noticing in our patrons. Um, but that piece of it, and, you know, again, it's that cyclical rolling nature of it is, is really what sets this process apart. And because, because this is not a type of plan that's a once and done you, you know, create your sheets, you put it in a binder, you put it on the shelf, you pull it out every six months to just check on how you're doing. Because it's not that type of plan, everything is, there's, there's a freedom in the fluidity of it. Um, it's like, it's like always writing in pencil so that you can erase and change, you know, it's nothing is, is fixed in ink. So um, that, you know, again, you even being, having the freedom to go back and revise a goal or change a strategic outcome 
uh, or say you complete a strategic outcome, you've achieved it. That's great. Celebrate it. And then go back to your plan and say, okay, what's next? And being able to fit that into your plan when you need it, instead of being forced into a rigid three-year box, um, I think there's a, there's a lot of freedom in that. There's, there's a lot of possibility um, in that, that that libraries can find really helpful. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and some other, I mean, I love this idea that it's like always writing in pencil. Um, and then another word that you use to describe integrated library plans that really helped me was that they mature. Um, and so in your last chapter, you provide some guidance on how to cope with an ongoing planning cycle. Um, and you've worked with an integrated library plan for more than seven years. So what have you learned about maintaining a process that's flexible and adaptable? And how has working with that kind of process impacted both you and your library? So I, I think the most important learning that I've had over the last seven years is that grace and forgiveness are really important. So um, it might be interesting to readers, um, or I may, I will admit that there are likely readers out there who will look at integrated library planning. It's supposed to be this strategic dynamic model. It's supposed to be flexible and adaptable. And they will look at it and they will say, oh my goodness, this is so structured. There's so much like first you do this and then you do this and then and then you're on this cycle and by this, you know, on this week you do this and this week you do this and the next week you do this and then you repeat it all. Um, it is very routinized, right? It's got a structure. So how, how in the world is all of that structure flexible and adaptable? Um, and I would just have to say that is... Um, kind of one of those mysteries. <laughs> um, I, part of my personality type is that I, I thrive in systems of structure, um, which is part of the reason why I'm a librarian, um, because I really enjoy this, the structure and the systems and the, you know, there's process and you do this and then you do this and there's rules. Um, and and in those systems of structure, you have to be able to find the parts that can bend and that can be flexible. And so, um, and knowing where those points are is really, I think, what makes systems and structures workable and livable. I don't think any structure that is um, incredibly rigid can survive. Um, and, you know, a good illustration of that is, um, you know, an analogy for it is in how we construct our buildings to be earthquake proof, right? Um, you know, you, you want to build these buildings that are reinforced with steel and have beams and, you know, they're, they're solid structures. But they've got to be able to have some flexibility 
some tensile strength, right? That allows them to move and sway when the ground is shaking underneath them so that they don't completely collapse. So in, in living with and watching an integrated library plan mature, I have learned that yes, the structure is helpful and it's, it's needed. Um, I've got to have grace and flexibility and forgiveness with myself when things don't go to plan, right? Um, there have been months, more than one, <laughs> there have been months when I just haven't been able to uphold that monthly review cycle rhythm. And that's okay. It's okay when that happens. Um, it means that there's a, a bi-monthly review instead of a monthly review. Or maybe it means that, you know, if there's a, a year when there's just a lot of institutional upheaval, maybe you shift to quarterly reviews. That's okay. The, the point is that you keep space for the things that are important. The way in which you do them, the, that strict routine, that's, that's, not, that's not what's the most important thing. The most important thing is holding that space and giving your space, giving yourself that space and that time to reflect, to listen, and to incorporate what you're learning into the vision and the plan for the library and keeping it moving forward. Yeah, that's actually really encouraging to hear because I was um, I was thinking about how I, I feel like a lot of us, you know, talking with other friends who work in libraries, a lot of us are in institutions where um, like labor is a real issue. We don't have as many people to do the work. And so then it can feel daunting to add in a process that involves these like really regular reflection moments and review points. And it's um, really encouraging to hear that, yeah, like if it can't, if it can't happen every month, it, you know, you make it flexible. Um, I think, I think you also mentioned in the book going on sabbatical and recognizing that that would change the review process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in, yeah, in, in my library context, I don't have a large staff, um, for most of the time that I've been here, I've been the only professional librarian on staff uh, with only paraprofessional support staff, um, most of whom were part-time. And so, um, so yeah, so there's, you can't, you can't go on a sabbatical or go on a vacation or, um, you know, take any time away without needing to acknowledge somewhere in the plan that, you know, okay, this is, this is just a part of the plan. You know, it just, it becomes, yeah. I mean, you just, you work it into the plan. It becomes one of those things that you just have to account for in, you know, just like you would reconcile your finances and understand budget constraints. Um, so, that's another reason why I feel like it's been important to kind of use integrated library planning as a place to hold both the, the 
strategic initiatives of the library and that daily operation um, together in tandem um, so that you're balancing those two and kind of holding them together. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, and I know I've taken a lot of your time, but before we wrap up, I would really love to hear, speaking of planning, what you're working on next. Um, if there are other research projects or library projects that you're hoping to work on or anything that's kind of grown out of this book that you're looking at next. Yeah, so, um, you know, it was a, the, writing the book was a long process. Waiting for the book to be published was also a long process. Um, and, you know, so it was months after I, you know, turned in the, the manuscript you know, when I got the edited manuscript to then read through. And of course, um, as I was reading through it before it went to layout, all sorts of new ideas and thoughts kept coming to me. And I kept saying, oh, I wish I could put this in. And oh, I wish I could say this. Um, but I, it, you know, I, what I did was I started making a list of things that I wanted to write about or you know, develop further. So it's very likely that I will do more with integrated library planning in the future. Not exactly sure what shape that's going to take just yet. But um, one thing that I would really like to explore more deeply is how integrated library planning is and can be informed by reflective practices. So, you know, really being attuned to some of these things that you do as part of that monthly review cycle and understanding them as a reflective practice. So, um, and examining how reflective practices shape us as leaders and um, can also then in turn shape our libraries. So that's, that's definitely something that I would, um, that I, would like to explore more and, and hope to be writing about in the near future. Uh, in terms of projects that I'm working on, I have started a benefit LLC that's called Fosgale, which offers coaching, consulting, and project management services. So I, um, I recently completed a practitioner diploma and hold an accreditation as an executive coach. And I'm really excited uh, to work with libraries and librarians who are open to new possibilities and need help navigating change. So whether that means consulting about integrated library planning and bringing that to your library or just um, looking for a coach to help you think about what comes next and how to manage change and deal with change. Um, these are all things that I'm I'm interested in helping folks with and uh, looking forward to, to doing more in the future. That sounds really exciting. Um, thanks so much for sharing all of that. And once again, my guest today has been Micah Kennedy-Stevens, author of Integrated Library Planning, A New Model for Strategic and Dynamic Planning, Management and Assessment, published by the Association of College and Research Libraries. My name is Jen Hoyer, and you're listening to the Library Science Channel of New Books Network.